0: Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting, as we often do about anything and everything property. And this week, I think we're going to uh, kick off with a, an FT article that you've been reading, Stuart. So do you want to tell us a bit, bit about that?
1: Well, I wasn't going to mention it was FT because I don't want you know I don't want anyone thinking that I'm getting above my station as a... <laughs> As a, as a boy from southeast london reading the ft but yes it is it is from the ft All
0: Right. so if, if only we were still commuting you could say you just picked it up off a train seat you, you, it's just an, an accidental read but um, well, but of course we can't I claim that anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe i just go to trains and forage for used papers that's it let's say that <laughs> Yes, I was reading the money pullouts on the weekend and thought it was quite interesting for you and I to have a chat about, which we we kind of have, we've we've done a bit of prep, and the stats that were coming out in the paper were that, well, the headline is house sales climb for second month, and the line is residential property transactions rose 15.6% in August from the previous month, and... July, they had risen fourteen and a half percent, so two months of consecutive growth. Growth, but as as you quite rightly said, we, we're coming from a very low base of March. So when we're looking at month for month, so so we were just digging down into that a little bit, and based on the figures which are available on the HMRC website, which I am sure we'll put in the show notes, so you can have a look at this PDF yourselves should you want to geek out as well. Yeah, that'll definitely be in the show notes. That, um, yeah, that these this data is coming from uh, stamp duty, SDLT transactions. But th- the first point you made, which I think is a very good one, is that this shouldn't really be a result of the stamp duty holiday because it's it's a little bit too early for that.
0: Yeah, quite. So, the, I mean, when was the stamp duty holiday announced? It was July, June, July, wasn't it? So mid-July-ish, something like that.
1: Yeah, I want to say it was around the 21st, but it was around mid-July,
0: yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go with mid. It's close enough. So if you, if you heard that news and you went out and immediately started buying a property, you could probably just about complete by the end of August. Um, I mean, certainly if you, if you bought that property at auction, then that probably would be a completion in August. But the large majority of residential transactions are not at auction, and they're done in the normal way, through estate agents and the i think average time to completion is about 3 months and this is mm. in, in normal times
1: yeah exactly
0: and at the moment i'm hearing lots of stories about delays and problems through mortgages taking longer to to be arranged and then solicitors being busy and and not having a, their normal sort of staff capacity due to the the obvious covid effects so i think 3 months at the current time is probably optimistic so if you if you started your transaction in July, you'd be looking at what a, a completion in august september october ish mid to end october at the earliest so it, it's just probably two months too early to to really see any effects from from the stamp duty holiday and and I've seen a lot of headlines around these figures saying, "Look at the fantastic effects of the the conservative policy mm. of the stamp duty holiday to to boost the the property market and I, I just can't see it.
1: I mean, it is going up, but it's it's not due to that. <laughs> and and that's the point because the article I read, you know, finishes with uh, uh, Rishi Sunak, who who, from my perspective, without getting political, you know, I think he's he's uh, he's coming out of a, this whole period with a lot of respect versus some of the other members of the the team. But let's not let's not get into that. But the <laughs> the, the point um, the point for me is that it is being used as a bit of a drum to say, yes, exactly what you just said, you know, aren't we doing well? But this is in complete juxtaposition to what I'm hearing, not only anecdotally, but in terms of seeing data for, for through brokers, which is the higher LTV products, which most people, first-time buyers, 85, 85% actually now getting more difficult to get. Uh, 90% vary and 95% you won't get. And I I was speaking with someone the other day, in fact, it was a mortgage broker that spent three weeks trying to get a, I think it was a 90% loan to value product for one of their clients. But they had to log on every day at 9am to see the available products to try and get it. So there's this uh, for want of a simpler word, dichotomy happening, and I, I've become personally frustrated with it because it started to affect the people that can buy our uh, studio flat, which we've mentioned numerous times on, on this show. Yeah, of course. I mean, one of the your potential markets for that is definitely first time buyers, isn't it? Mm. The same. It's 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 a big yeah. It's see, the first time buyers or investment investment okay, mm. but I know that two actually two of the potential buyers couldn't get the mortgage, so they. They weren't, uh, the estate agent quite rightly didn't allow the uh, the prospect to, to put an offer in until they could get the mortgage. And, and, you know, that was a a number of weeks ago now. So so we're only there to believe that clearly that hasn't been able to happen because they couldn't get a 90% loan to value. Yeah, unless
0: it is just taking time. I mean, a couple of weeks is is still within the realms of possibility that they're going through that process. So, so may, maybe... Maybe those offers
1: aren't dead yet. Maybe they'll come back. <laughs> Possibly, but it's but it's 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 probably longer. But it's also I was speaking with someone else that was was making a purchase. So these are people that were actually in the middle of purchase. And I think he said he just couldn't get his mortgage through. He was a second. I think he was currently rented, looking to buy, and this was with Nationwide, and they made it so difficult they ended up having to pull out of the purchase. So I think they were a month or two months into the purchase cycle. So I think this all kind of goes back to where we've started is that the transactions may be going up, but that's because they reached such a nadir in uh, April. Yeah, so in in April, it was down to 40,000 transactions, again, based on stamp duty transactions, whereas now we're pushing 80,000 towards the end of August in terms of the data versus August 19, circa 100,000. So, yeah, or even just over a hundred thousand, yeah, yeah, around those figures. Whether we're looking at the the adjusted or not, but uh, back on the point is that one of the things I've also heard is that did did they actually enforce the stamp duty holiday too early, and you know maybe pulling forward purchases that that might have been made next year anyway. So it's quite interesting because obviously the government wants positive sentiment and good news. But at the moment, we are on an upward trend, regardless of the stamp duty holiday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from,
0: from such a low in April, I think the only way the figures could have gone was up. There, was, there were clearly people waiting to, to continue their property transactions that had been put on hold. Mm. The, those sort of existing ones are in process. And there were obviously people who were wanting to, to start the moving process for lots of different reasons ones they, they planned already, um, but also ones created by, by lockdown. Um, I know families' situations changed a lot during that time, and, and people's view on where they wanted to live changed a lot during that time. So I think there was a, a lot of pent-up demand built during that lockdown period. So as we came out of that, inevitably, property transactions were going to be going up. So I think you're stipulation that perhaps the stamp duty holiday was a bit early could well be right because it perhaps wasn't needed really it will be interesting to see the next two to three months worth of of stats and in property sales and whether they just climb back up to sort of previous year levels Mm. or whether they can actually go beyond that and i think i i take that as a bit of a a guide as to whether the stamp duty holiday was was useful at all But as you mentioned before we started recording, once you get into the beginning of next year, will the stamp duty holiday then have a negative effect? Because at that point, people will be thinking it's too close to the deadline. um, So there's no point me worrying about it. And it's winter and probably COVID is worse again. So actually, never mind. No no point me worrying about it now. So there's there's sort of extra extra dampening reasons on, on the market at the beginning of next year. Mm. but, but we, we shall see um
1: yeah it's and also not that i want to mention the words brexit but
0: i so nearly did and i, I resisted <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you'll get to let's say december january beginning of january where people do it in the conveyancing process start to say okay the likelihood of you achieving your sale by march the 31st is now negligible so you will have that sort of reticence of people to do it for that reason. That will be added to the fact that we people were saying, "Well, okay, what's going to happen to the market?" So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, personally, we are looking to buy. So I'm currently in rented, and we are looking to purchase, but looking at a new build. And they've been very, very clear. Although they don't know when the build's gonna be finished, they said, Look, we're just saying the property's gonna be finished between May and July because we don't want people thinking that they're gonna benefit from the stamp duty holiday. And I wonder yeah. how much more of that we'll start seeing because where are we now? Well, by the time this this releases will be into October. So I think we're gonna start seeing that coming through too. Yeah, I, I've already
0: heard solicitors um saying that we're, we're busy. Everything's going slowly. The land registry is going slowly. The council checks are going slowly. Mortgages are going slowly. Please be warned that if you start a transaction now, so this is um, end of September, beginning of October, we can't promise you it will complete before the stamp duty holiday expires. Mm. So, so I mean, that, I think perhaps that's a, an overly pessimistic view, but it goes to show just how slowly things are moving at the moment. and. How much concern there is out there in the, in the professional bodies that people might be putting too much emphasis on on the stamp duty holiday, and then when that all falls apart, um of course there's, there's going to be some knock on effects. Uh, so, of course, the other possibility is that they extend the stamp duty holiday. You, do you reckon that's a might be a goer?
1: It could be. It could be for the reasons that we've just talked about, and uh, I like this. The, the weaving in of some positivity because it, it can sound negative what we're talking about <laughs> but i think i think these are just observations our observations aren't they and uh, if anyone has any alternative views i'd love to hear what people are thinking if they want to message into the show via the the business of but i think i think that is a very real possibility because because of the reasons we've just talked about and when you do look at the trend if if you do go into the show notes and have a look at the main table on HMRC, you can see that there is a, a very clear upward trend, which, is, as Simon has talked about, is, is probably largely irrelevant of the of the holiday. So, bolt on the holiday to that. So, I can't I can't see the government just not doing anything because if if there's one thing that this government has done so far, it has provided the uh, financial stimulus it thinks is necessary, regardless of what. What, what our views on it? It has it has tried to do that, so I, I think it is a possibility. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: I think it's. I would say greater than fifty percent chance that the the stamp duty holiday will be extended, just because they aren't going to want the bottom to fall out of the the market, which is effectively what will happen if if it, it uh, stays as a deadline um, for the end of March. It will just completely stifle transactions for some months at the beginning of next year. Um, and yeah, on, on the positive note, while we're picking up on the fact that these, these figures of 15-ish percent increases are perhaps not as as grand as they sound because they're month-on-month increases and starting from a very low number in April, they are still all going in the right direction. Yeah, And it would probably, at that rate, it would probably be only be one more month and we'd be back to normal levels. So September probably, roughly, will, will be back to its standard level from last year. And then if growth continues from that point, I can't imagine it'll be another 15% from, from September to October, but if it grow, growth continues at all, then we'll be above the previous year's level of transactions. Now, you could say that that's actually still just catching up on the missed mm. transactions from earlier in the year. And yeah, I suspect that will be part of it. But um it will be interesting to see how high that level goes. And of course, traditionally the process of finding a property um, and actually look, looking at this graph is shown in, in the graph as well. The, the transactions slow a bit over the, the sort of Christmas beginning of year period just because everyone's, wanting to stay wrapped up warm in the, inside rather than going out and traipsing around houses. But um, it will be interesting to see whether that plays out this time around. Yeah, And, and I think the, the stamp duty holiday and whether that gets extended or not will have a big, big impact on that. If it doesn't get extended, I think it probably will still play out despite potentially wanting to sort of catch up and, and the extra pent-up pressure from people changing the way they want to live and from their lockdown experiences. Even with all of that, I, I suspect if the stamp duty stays in place, December, January, February are, are going to see big slowdowns. Uh, but uh, yeah, I shouldn't really be predicting things. I'm bound to get it
1: wrong now. <laughs> but like you, I'm I'm really keen having uh, you know worked with with data analytics. Where I'm really keen to see how it plays out in terms of incremental transactions. Because I completely agree. I think even if we exceed well as as i'd expect us to exceed the hundred thousand plus transactions at the same point as last year i'd still believe that we were still as you say catching up from what we've lost from from april to july for example and then see what actually what the holiday has brought in incrementally that would be really interesting to see and that's just got me thinking so in terms of Property transactions. You have a transaction. You had an offer on your property. I feel like, I feel like we should have started there. Start <laughs> start local.
0: Yeah, we got carried away looking at graphs and and forgot about <laughs> uh, our, our sort of typical update starts. Uh, but yes, I had a a property that was on the market a few weeks ago now, and we it is a very unique property on the street. So. It's a fairly large detached property on a street of generally terraced or semi-detached houses and a few blocks of flats and things. And we weren't quite sure where to price it. Um, I think that's always a challenge with sort of one-off properties. So we uh, had discussions with with a number of different agents over the years, Uh, had discussions with a couple of agents before we put it on the market this time around. And then we took the, took the plunge and put it online. And I was actually very pleased with the, uh, the photography work from, from the agents. Something that I'm hopefully going to talk about, a bit more about on future podcasts is uh, virtual tours and how important I think they are these days in, in property listings. Mm. But they did put on a, a very nice virtual tour. And uh, I, I found it quite interesting actually going and looking around the property again <laughs> with, uh, without needing to, to visit it and hopefully that helped, helped uh, gain people's interest. And I know uh, the, it, it was within a few days of it going onto the portals and being listed, there were uh, probably five-plus viewings booked, and I think we were up to nearly 10 within the first week, although not all of those ended up happening. So but I don't want to spoil the, uh, the climax of the story. But anyway. Um,
1: Cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll, we'll end there i'll get i'll get the eastenders <laughs> drums out for the end of the episode it's okay we've still got
0: another five minutes or so of recording we're, we're fine we can fit it in <laughs> um that the people viewing seem to be people coming in from elsewhere so not, not all of them but certainly we had people from london uh people from essex and, and this is a property in brighton sorry <laughs> that, that's an, an yeah. important part when we're talking about geography to actually know where the property <laughs> is <laughs>
1: yeah, you to know where we're starting yeah
0: great so i I thought this was quite interesting that people had obviously looked enough online and and got enough information from the the photos and the virtual viewing and the the floor plan and whatever else to be willing to commit to quite a long travel to to come and look at this this property Uh, so we're we're quite pleased with these results
1: What what i just wanted to say on that is that from i I would think also that if someone's coming to Brighton so they've obviously made a all they're making in the process of making a life decision to move from from either London or Essex to that part of the world so it, it to me because because that happens in you know where we live in the Red Hill area that, that happens a lot in terms of central people come from central coming out but I'd also think I think the virtual tour would be the key in, in adding your property to that list but I'd imagine that they've already made some sort of life decision to come down to the coast, for example, or, or the south coast, as opposed to the east coast or Suffolk or wherever is closer to Essex. Yeah, I, I would assume so.
0: um I, I doubt they're sort of searching for properties across the entire UK or across the entire southeast, <laughs> wherever. Right? I suspect yeah. they probably had already picked Brighton or at least around yeah. Brighton or something. Um, but yes, yes, then I think the things like the, the virtual tour probably helped it stand out as a a property in their shortlist. Yeah. So the, the, the next important part of the story is that we ended up, within five days of it being listed and people starting to view it, uh, we ended up with multiple people placing offers. Wow. So the, the first offer was quite a long way below asking price. We weren't terribly pleased with that. <laughs> um, but fairly rapidly, a second offer came in. It was much closer to asking. And between uh, these two people who had actually put an offer, so there are apparently others who were interested but hadn't put an offer, so between the two that had actually offered, uh, the agent was able to, to bounce things between them a little bit and work the price up, and, and we managed to achieve a, a price that we, we might have preferred slightly more, but we are happy enough to accept in the interest of this particular buyer being quite well set. So they do have a property to sell, once they've sold it they will then be a cash buyer for us Mm. so that's a a, a positive position and the the chain i think is only three people long so it's it's fairly small chain um and the buyer is or will be in a a strong position so hopefully we've made the right decision going with with this this buyer and this offer and um yeah in less than 10 days the property was off the market
1: again well that's that's fantastic and if we had a bleep machine i'd I'd bleep myself because i've <laughs> I've had two properties on the market, one for just over ten weeks and one for a little shorter than that and we've we've had we haven't had off we haven't had offers on one we've had a couple of offers but ridiculous ones so so to get to get all in after ten days is 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 really really good
0: yeah, I think it benefited from uh being in Brighton, which is obviously a very nice trendy place to to be it's a big property with a garden, so you've got the, the open space, which lots of people are, are wanting at the moment, by the beach, and which again sort of has the feel of of open space and things. So I think it was had lots of good things going for it, and beyond that, I think it was probably just a bit of bit of good luck that we managed to get two buyers interested early to to help yeah. them bid bid things up a bit, because um, if it had just been that first offer. I mean, we, we didn't accept it, but it, it was too low for us. So if, if there'd been nothing else beyond that to help sort of push things up, then it, it may well not have sold so quickly. We're, we're very fortunate to have two people who are in a in a strong enough position to put in offers yeah. and, uh, and help the process along.
1: It's a simplistic thing to say, but it is always getting that right person at the right time. I think we've found, particularly with the studio flat being a very – specific property in terms of it's it is either a first time buy or an investment and it's the investment is good, but it's um you know probably not as high a yield as 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 most investors would like i mean for us it's okay at the moment and and we think it's 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 going to go in a couple of months, but you know if you if you can get those buyers in early and clearly the euro estate has done a good job of 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 making that happen then then you end up in this situation. So fingers crossed.
0: Indeed. Speaking of fingers crossed, though, and going back a bit to what we were saying earlier, th- this offer was accepted and properly taken off the market mid-September-ish. And we have been warned by solicitors and the estate agent not to expect completion before January. So they're... they're Pushing it out um, mm. over three months as their expected timeline. Um, and, and that was their sort of optimistic timeline. Um, and that's for a, for a fairly small chain with it's a, ridiculous. Buyer in a strong position.
1: Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, mean, I don't want to get on this soapbox because we don't have time, but why we need that much time? We, in a conveyancing process, we know what's going to happen. They're going to conduct searches which have been done a thousand times before, find the same things they've found before. I'm not, I'm not belittling the work that needs to be done, but why that has to take three months. So what, what do you think of the Scottish approach of having,
0: uh, or if you the temporary approach elsewhere, of having home information packs where you mm. do all these searches up front? Do, do you think that uh, would be a better approach?
1: I think anything which reduces the time, because surely if, if even as a solicitor or, or any part of that conveyancing process, estate agent, you want it's, it's like any process, isn't it? You want the process to happen as quickly as possible so that you can move on to the next one, and it it would benefit everybody. So yes, it would be a buyer and vendor centric. However, it would benefit all of those and those home information packs. Having worked with some people in Glasgow, they're just really, really good. And the thing that I think would always frustrate any of us in in property, whether investor or not, is is the amount of repetitive work. I mean, there's some properties that I've flipped quite quickly. And some properties that I know people have flipped to me quite quickly. We're doing the same searches sometimes within a matter of weeks, you know, between 8 and 12 weeks. Nothing has changed in that time. You know, there's been no floods that we're aware of. There's been no catastrophic events. No new ground contamination or mines dug underneath (laughs) your property or anything unexpected like that (laughs) now. And yet we we, repeatedly there were, And it is a little bit of license to print money for, for certain people. You know, land registry. I mean, how many times do we, yes, we need to update the detail, but anyway, I'm, I'm going I'm to get on a soapbox. But I'd be, why not have a pack that is related to the property that just has to be done as, as, as the vendor? You must create that pack that's ready to go. Mm. Yeah, why not? This wasn't that recently, but within the last couple of months, I've seen a,
0: um, uh, a prop tech company that is apparently going to solve this entire process using the blockchain um, which, um, which sadly we don't have time for my 20-30 <laughs> to 30 minute rant about blockchain overuse and, uh, and sort of solving, solving the world with, with mythical blockchains which, which by the way just in the summary is not true it's not going to happen um, blockchain is not magic <laughs> um, and it is in fact mostly not what people think it is at all but anyway let's leave it there because we're out of time <laughs> We are out
1: of time. <laughs> but I'm intrigued. You've still left a cliffhanger. Now we're all thinking oh, we want to hear more. We want to hear more about blockchain.
0: Well, you, you can try and convince me to go on that one. But I, I, I yeah, I don't really want to. I don't think it just frustrates me. <laughs>
1: so,
0: <laughs> maybe in, in some far distant future where I've had time to uh, prepare myself <laughs> for the ordeal.
1: Well, we'll look forward to that.
0: <laughs> I won't <laughs> but anyway <laughs> let's, uh, let's finish this up so thank you very much to everyone who's listening uh, we are seeing our listener numbers uh, increasing which is fantastic and please do remember to let someone else know who you think might enjoy the show show notes with the, the links especially to the HMRC PDF that we mentioned earlier can be found on businessofproperty.com and we will talk to you again next week